0: day today. I know it is because, you see, this is the day that the Lord has made, and we're going to choose to rejoice and be glad in it no matter what's happening in the world. We are in the kingdom of God. We're living in the kingdom. It is so exciting to know that we're here, the citizens of the kingdom. We're in the family of God. And I'll, I'm going to start today, uh, today and next, uh, next, well, whatever the day it is, I'm going to start today, and the next time we're going to look at uh, something that God gave me back in 1994. Whoo! Why? Because you see, I was in the process of, of getting ready to. I was in the process of uh, doing a uh, study for my PhD. And I had to write two different papers. One was uh, 50 pages, and one was 200 pages. Well, this is the 50-page one, so we're not going to get into 200. <laughs> but uh, I, I brought it with me. That's uh, I still have it. Um, this is called "Where's the Church?" Where's the Church? And <laughs> you just unbelievable what God. Got me to do. It. I did this. God put it all together. And when He did that, and I turned it in as a 50 page paper that I had to write at the initial uh, stage of my PhD, uh, I got it back, and of course I made an A. <laughs> well, anyway, that's beside the, the point. Uh, God told me to do something that you got, I said, you got to be kidding. I gave a copy to the bishop that I was serving at that time in South Georgia. Where's the church? That did not sit well with him. Not at all. (laughs) I tell you, uh, oh God, help me. I don't want to do these things, you know. But God puts me in these situations. You have to obey God. Because you see, the key to even today in today's United States of America, the question is, where's the church? Do we see the church rising up and being the church that it should be, with all the chaos that's going on in government and on the streets of the every every, probably every major city there is? There's something going on that needs to say, where's the church? Where's the church? The church needs to rise up and be the church. So, in this, uh, we're going to look at that the church is called to harvest. Called into the harvest. The church is called to power. And the church is called to mission. And within that mission, there are three aspects. Healing mission, physical mission and also prayer mission. So we're going to look at those items this time and next time that I'm here. We're going to look at the church. Where is the church? Is the church being the church? Now I know some are, but I'm talking about the church as a whole. If the church would rise up, man, I tell you, people would be getting saved left and right, and the church would be overflowing, It wouldn't be enough room for them to, You're talking about uh, having church outside in some areas. We'd have to have them outside because we wouldn't have room for them inside. So I'm going to start off looking at where is the church. And it's all based on the book of Acts. And that's what we're studying. We're studying the book of Acts because the church began in the book of Acts and just, just began to flourish and began to operate As the church should. So, first of all, we're going to look at call to harvest. We're going to look at, first of all, I'm going to read from Acts chapter 2, verses 40 through 41. The two verses here that would deal with the harvest. And with many other words, he testified, they're talking about Peter, and exhorted them, saying, Be saved. From this perverse generation, that sounds familiar, doesn't it, <laughs> what's going on in the, in this country today, all the stuff that's happening in this uh, crooked generation that's happening. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. Hallelujah. Wouldn't you like to have that to happen? Like to have uh, 3,000 souls added to your church. I know my church wouldn't have it. We only seed 140. And uh, of course, we could add some more. And we will. But uh, it's just a, it's an amazing thing that all of a sudden, wow, boom. So, we're going to look at the fact that there's a harvest out there. We're going to turn, first of all, to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9, and today you're getting the very uh, best there is, I'm reading it all. (laughs) Not to say that we don't have the best up here listening, we do, praise the Lord, we have an excellent Bible teacher and an excellent Bible teacher and operator and do-it-all person called John Dunn. He's the utility man that does it all. Praise the Lord. I tell you, he's got more talents from the heaven than I know what to do with. I can't even say them all. I just make it up, right? You just make it up as you go along. Okay, John? Uh, where are we at? We're in uh, Matthew chapter 9, uh, verse 35 and following. Then Jesus went about all the cities and the villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. And when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them, because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest truly is plentiful, but the labors are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest, to send out laborers into his harvest. Can you imagine Jesus has been healing and, and bringing healing upon all these people, and the people began to follow him, and he liked to be able to to be able to minister to each one personally. But he he he's one human being filled with the Spirit and not able to do it. So therefore, he's crying out and said, listen, it's great. The harvest out there is tremendous, but I need some help. <laughs> I've got to have help, and I need laborers. The church should be laboring to get out into the harvest. Jesus needs help. I mean, he could, uh, you know, I don't know if he could learn how to snap his fingers or not, but you know, he could snap his fingers, Betty, and he could, yeah, things would just happen. Uh, But he's not willing to do it. He wants us to participate in what he is doing in people's lives and what he wants to accomplish. So therefore, he's calling upon us the church. We are the church, the body of Christ. I'm not talking about a church building or church denomination. I'm talking about the church, universal church, so to speak, as the body of Christ functioning within this world today. There's a harvest out there. i got to have help, Jesus said. So I want you to pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into His harvest. And we need to be doing that. We need to be praying for people to rise up and to go out and to see. You know, not to rise up and to sit on Sunday morning in the church. No, to rise up and go outside the walls and to minister to people wherever they are. Oh, praise the Lord. I'm. Uh, if you're like me, I'm shy. And it's hard sometimes to do that. And therefore, it, it takes something, and we're going to talk about that, in the next thing, it takes the power, the power of the Holy Spirit to do it. Because in me, I don't have the capability of doing it. But He wants us to get involved in bringing people into the kingdom of God and nurturing them and discipling them. Well, let's turn over to Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah? What does that got to do with it all? Isaiah? What has Isaiah got to do with the harvest? Oh, no. What in the world is going on here? Isaiah 6. Frank, you sure you know what you're talking about? No, I don't sometimes, but God does. He knows all the time. Let's start with verse 1 of chapter 6 of Isaiah. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on the throne, high and lifted up, and the train of His robe filled the temple. And above above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings, and with two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another, saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of His glory. The posts of the door were shaken by the voice of Him who cried out and the house was filled with smoke. Man, can you imagine standing there and and experiencing all of this and the very presence of God just overwhelming you? And uh, boy, you're going to get excited, aren't you? You're just really going to jump up and down for joy? And uh, No, He didn't do that. He'll do what we'll do. Woe is me, for I am undone. When we get to heaven, are you going to stand there and say, Hey, Jesus, I, I, I deserve to be here, don't I? No, you're not going to do that. <laughs> no, you're not going to do that. You're going to stand before Him and say, Oh, you're going to bow down on your knees and just say, Oh, Lord, thank you for your mercy. Oh, I am not worthy to enter into your presence. And that's what Isaiah was saying. Woe is me, for I am undone because I am the man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. Sound like today? Mm, yes, it does. There are people that there talking hatred all the time. And bitterness. And trying to tear things down. I'm watching these uh, proceedings on the, getting the new judge for the superior court. And are you talking about trying to tear someone up? They tried. Oh, gosh, they're trying, but she is right there, oh. ready to get on. But that's what's happening. We don't try to uplift things. People are trying to tear things up. And so here it is. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the serpents flew to me, having in his hand a live stone, live coal, which... He had taken from the tongs from the altar and He touched my mouth with it. Oh, come on, Lord. And said, Behold, this has touched my, your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin purged. Oh, glory to God. Purified me. Oh, Jesus has purified me in the blood. Now, don't you wish that a coal could be taken and put upon each person's mouth? in this world today that's speaking evil, to purify all the iniquity and sin. Well, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, uh, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Us. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? Yes. Then I said, Here am I. Send me. Here am I, Lord. Will you consider me? Will you consider the possibility that you could use me? I give myself to you. And I say that's what we got to say. we got to say that as a church, as the living, breathing church upon the face of the earth. we got to say, here I am, Lord. Send me wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to do, whatever you want me to say, here am I. I'm yours. I die to self. Jesus died for me, I live no longer for myself, but I live for him, him alone. So, what does it take to be a laborer in the harvest? Humility and availability. Hmm. That's what Isaiah had, humility. Lord, I have messed things up. I'm not worthy to be in your presence, but I'm available for you. I'm available for you. And if you need me to go into the harvest, here I am, Lord. You see, I want you to make that decision today. I want you to put everything aside. I know you've got family responsibilities. You've got all kinds of things going on. You've got a job. You've you got everything that's going on. But you've got to just boil it down to one simple fact. Lord, here I am. I am yours. Send me. Period. Period. That's it, Lord. Oh, well, that's uh, number one. <laughs> Where's the church? The church needs to be in the harvest, not in the building. The church needs to be out where the people are. And that's where I personally, at t- uh, uh, well, I have failed. I have not done that as I should have. When I drive to the church that I serve in Monroe, Georgia, and I'm driving on those local streets, and I see these people walking on the street at 10:30 in the morning on Sunday morning, what am I to do? I got to get to church, man. I got to preach, and I got to do all this. You know, I got to get things set up. And all. those people who are walking on the street, they're not going to church. One of these days, I'm going to have nerve enough to stop and say, can I take you to church? Can I take you to Jesus? You know, that's what it's all about. It's one person upon one person getting them into the kingdom of God. The harvest is there, Jesus said. Now I need your help. Well, let's go on now to call to power. Because guess what? I need the power. (laughs) i got to have the power. That's what we found out in uh, Acts chapter 2, wasn't it? Uh, verses 1 through 4. The disciples were all there. They've been through the teaching of Jesus. They learned all this stuff. You'd think they were already prepared. prepared. Man, I, I, I went to seminary. I'm prepared. Man, I, I got a doctorate to get. I'm prepared. No, I'm not. I need something more than just education, I need power. So, that's what the disciples needed. Uh, Chapter 2 of Acts. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Power, power came upon them. Uh, you remember back in uh, Matthew chapter 10? Matthew chapter 10? Uh, you know, I, I can't share unless I'm looking at the Word of God because I don't have anything to share. <laughs> i got to get into the Word. I mean, the Word says uh, everything that we need to hear. Matthew chapter 10 verse 1. And when He called His twelve disciples he, to them, He gave them what? Power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal the, all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. He gave the disciples power. Well, disciples, you see, were taught how, but He wanted them to do. You know, you may be listening to me right now, and you're learning all kinds of things. Taught how to do that. But now God said, now go do. The disciples had to learn and therefore Jesus in His school, in His seminary, He not only taught them, but He put it into practice. You go Now go put into practice what I've been teaching you. I'm going to give you the power to go do it because you've seen me do it. Now you go do it. So here's the power that you need to do. So, what is a disciple anyway? A disciple is one that learns. You've got to learn from the Master. Jesus is our teacher. He will teach you everything you need to do go through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, once that takes place, then you put forth the effort to apply that. You don't just sit back and receive knowledge. i got the knowledge now. Boy, I know. I know what to do. No, i got to go put it into practice. And the more you put it into practice, the more it becomes part of your life. And the more it becomes part of your life, the more it becomes your whole life to where it's just like breathing. You don't even think about it. You just do it. Is it that's the way it is for me when I come into different situations out there and I might be in Walmart or going to the doctor's office or whatever. It just It just happens. Uh, I walked into the doctor's office the other day. my I didn't have an appointment, and I came up to the receptionist, and she opened up that you know that little door there, and I said, "God sent me here to you, huh?" So she said, "Well, uh, Frank, we got to go outside." And so we went into a little waiting room, and she started crying. Why? Because you see, she was discouraged. She was undone. She had to make a big decision in her life. Her daughter married. Another daughter went off to Clemson. She's all alone. She's not married anymore. Her parents need her. What shall I do? I've got to make a decision. What am I supposed to do? God sent me there to minister to her. You see, you got to have the power to be able to go and enter the Harvest to tend to the sheep, even, and you do that because you have learned. That wasn't my. As, <laughs> uh, well, this commercial comes on TV all the time with uh, what's his name? I can't think of his name now. He can say, "This is not my first rodeo." <laughs> well, here I am on this uh, western set here. This is not my first rodeo. In doing that, and you learn, and, it, and then it becomes natural to go do it. So that's what the disciple does. Once you learn, you keep on, keeping on, and you begin. Next thing you know, is you just hear, "I got the power to do it." Yes, hallelujah. Well, Jesus, uh, you know, did this. He ministered in the power, huh? Well, you know what I mean Jesus is Jesus. I mean, golly, he's a son of God. What in the world would he need? Well, he didn't come as a son of God. He came in human flesh. Oh, you see, he's trying to teach us what to do. So in Matthew chapter 3, here in verse 16, he went out there where John the Baptist was. John the Baptist was baptizing all these people. uh, Repent, and you know, and turn Give up your life. And he baptized and, him, And next thing you know, here comes Jesus. In verse 16, And when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water. And behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending upon him like a dove, alighting uh, upon him. Hallelujah. The Spirit of God came upon him. How, oh, glory to God. He needed the Spirit of God Over in um, Matthew chapter 12, Matthew chapter 12, verse 28, Jesus says, But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. See, he didn't cast out demons because I'm Jesus, the Son of God, I can do this. No. He did it by the Spirit of God. He had the power in Him to do it. He was showing us we need the power. Now over in Luke chapter 4. You see, I'm not uh, I'm not getting away from Scripture. i got to have the Word. Oh, the Word. Life and health unto our flesh. The Word. Uh, Luke chapter 4 verse 1. And Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit. Gosh, that's why he said he was filled. <sighs> Returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit. You would think Jesus would know where to go. But no, he was led by the Spirit of God. You see, we've got to have the power of the Holy Spirit to lead us. Then over in, um, in verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the anointing power of the Holy Spirit upon you will be able to do what you need to accomplish in the harvest that He's going to send you into. Where's the church? Is the church trying to do itself and trying to come up with all kinds of programs and to come up with this kind of technique and this time of uh, strategy? Why not depend upon the power of the Holy Spirit and let Him do it in and through you? That's what's necessary. It's the only way that's going to bring results all the time, not just some of the time. We may accidentally run into it when we try to do it ourselves. But with the Holy Spirit power, it will always turn out. Oh, praise the Lord. Oh, then uh, we're over in Luke chapter 10. I tell you, it gets. He had twelve disciples, you know, and he himself. Now he's got seventy. Whoa, seventy! Send them out two by two. Oh my gosh, he's enlarging here. Then he, in verse two, he said to them, "The harvest is truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest." Whew, man, I got 70 now. (laughs) I got me and I got these 12. Now I got 70 we're going to put out there in the harvest. You see, that's what he's waiting for. Are you ready? Are you going to say like Isaiah? Am I? Go, go, send me. I desire for the church to rise up and say as a whole, here we are, send us into your harvest. You show us where your harvest is. We're going out there. We're going out there to minister to the people. We're going to bring in souls into the kingdom. We're going to nurture them. We're going to disciple them. We're going to help them to be able to go out as these 70 went out. Hallelujah. In verse 9. He said, to Heal the sick there and say to them, The kingdom of God has come near you. And then in verse 18. Uh, verse 17. And the 70 return with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Whoa! How did that happen? I'm just an ordinary man. I'm just an ordinary uh, uh, person that, that just following you, Jesus. Uh, I didn't, you, you 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 gave us some power to overcome demons? How in the world does this? Place? I know the first time I ran into that with uh, Rick Bonfell. <laughs> He sent me off into a room with another person, and they were on their knees, just foaming at the mouth, and cast out a demon. Huh? Me? Who? <laughs> Never happened in this world. <laughs> well, that's what took place. That's the first time I ever met Rick. Hallelujah. I tell you, it gets, it gets, oh, mercy. Hallelujah, Jesus. Well, that's what it's all about, setting people free. And then he, Jesus said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing by any means shall hurt you. Don't worry about it. I'm giving you the authority. You're going to walk on them and they're not going to walk on you. Praise the Lord. So that's what he's saying to these 70. Don't worry about it. And I just throw in verse 20 and said, listen, all this that we're going through, the most important thing is to remind yourself you're saved. Mm -hmm. That your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Hmm. Yeah, that's the most important. But from that, oh, I'm going to heaven. I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting for Jesus to come back. No. What are you going to do while you're waiting? You're going to go out into the harvest. You see, he's going to stand up. I, oh, Lord Jesus! No, don't make me say that. <laughs> He's—I I believe he's going to stand there, and you're going to be coming in, and he's going to stand there and say, uh, "Frank, uh, how many are you bringing with you?" Mm, I will not. I'm going to be embarrassed. I'm going to be humble. How many are you bringing in with you, Frank? Oh God help me. I'm glad I'm not through yet. I'm not God. I may be seventy five but I'm still going and I got more to do, so do you. Hallelujah. Let's get through it. Oh hallelujah. So with all of that taking place, Jesus had the power, disciples had the power temporarily for that moment. And uh seventy had the power temporarily for that moment. So now what is he going to tell the disciples uh, in Luke chapter 24, verse 49? Uh, Behold, I send the promise, and the promise of what? A promise of the Father. What is that? The Holy Spirit. I want you to uh, tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power. Don't you dare go out and try to do it yourself, you're going to fail. You must wait for the Holy Spirit to come upon you to be endued with power. I thank God that when God called me to be a pastor, that I didn't go and say, Okay, I'm going to get me a church. Hallelujah. Let me have a church. Glory to God. No. I had to wait. I had to wait until I went to a lady's house and she just talked the book of Acts to me and she laid hands on me and I got filled with the Holy Spirit. Then I was ready. Not until then to be able to go ahead and be what God called me to be. You see, God's called you to be in the harvest. And therefore, you need power. So he told her this. You got to wait. You got to wait. Now, Last but not least, we're over here in Acts again. That's where it all starts, and and the church begins in Acts. But he he told them, uh, these disciples are still in the mindset that, Lee, I wish everything would come right now. Um, In verse 6 of Acts chapter 1, Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, when will you at this time... At this time, store the, restore the kingdom of Israel, kingdom to Israel. That God still got a physical mindset. They're still operating in their feelings. They want, let's get this done right now, Jesus, Hallelujah, come on now. But see, there's, he wants more into the kingdom of God. He came to initiate the kingdom of God. And thank God we're to seek first the kingdom of God. But he came to say, listen, I want the kingdom of God to take over the whole world. So therefore he tells them, now um, it's not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, in his and Father's authority. It wasn't the authority of Jesus to bring it. It's the Father's authority. Jesus doesn't even know when it's coming. <laughs> How would? why would he let us know? Well, what, is, what are we supposed to do? But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me or of me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. In other words, I'm going to give you power so that you can go into the harvest and it's going to cover the whole earth. Whatever. Hallelujah. You may be even called to go to Cuba. There's a harvest there. You may even call to go to Brazil. There's a harvest there. Eventually, you may be even called to Peru. There's a harvest there. There's a harvest everywhere that God wants people to go. So, am I to go to the whole world? Well, praise the Lord, No. <laughs> I I don't think I can make it for the rest of my life. But no, I'm called to go where he sends me. He's calling you to go where he sends you. So what have we done here this morning? We've looked at the church to be in the harvest. The harvest is there. It's already there. It's already set. But Jesus said, I need help. And therefore, he's asking us, first of all, to make a decision to say, yes, here am I. You can send me, Jesus. I die to what I want. And I go where you want me to go. I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll say whatever you want me to say. Whatever that is. And then the next thing is I can't do this myself. And Jesus said, You're right. You need power. You've got to have the power of the Holy Spirit operating in and through you. Then and only then can you go into the harvest and be successful for the glory of the kingdom of God here on this earth. So that's what the church needs to do. The church is called to harvest, the church is called to power. I'm saying, where's the church? Where's the church? Next time we get together, we're going to look at the call to missions. The church is to be in mission, but it can't be in mission unless it has the power to go into the harvest to do the mission. Mm. So, let me pray for you today that we can get this accomplished. I tell you this is serious business here. This is not just some teaching just to teach. I, I, I am asking for the church to arise and be the church. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we're going to make a commitment right now and say, Here I am, Lord. Here I am. I know that I'm not worthy. I know that I'm undone. But I thank you, Jesus, that you have purified me in the blood. Therefore, I ask right now that you send me I'm giving my life to You, Jesus. Send me. Send me where the harvest is. And Jesus, fill me with the Holy Spirit today that I may receive power to be in that harvest, to be an instrument of Yours. Thank You. Help me to be Your church. Help the church, Lord Jesus, to arise and come forth in power and to wipe out the evil that's multiplying itself day by day in this nation and throughout the world. I believe that to take place. We are believing, Father, and trusting You to bring it to pass. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen.